What's up, everyone? Welcome to another Serious Angler Fantasy Fishing on Thursday night. Um, we're going to be previewing Pickwick Lake here, which is what, next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I believe, and kind of recapping Fork. But as you can tell, those who are tuning in, we have um, Paul down there driving, which I do not condone driving <laughs> and video hey, conferencing. If, and- if Randy, if Randy Blockett can do it. The driver hammer. Oh, I'm, I'm, o- I'm only literally a quarter mile from the house. I promise you. <laughs> oh, I'll be home in no time. And then we have uh, John Drunkwood here on with us as well. No Bailey, Deacon, or Bart tonight. So I asked Losers. these two uh, rowdy gentlemen to join me here and uh, have some fun. And the jabber hammer might be stepping out here because I think he has to pick his daughter up from gymnastics. So uh, yeah, I got to do a little quick. Switcheroo, but I'll 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 be uh I'll be have a few minutes of inactivity. <laughs> so uh let's hear your guys' recap of Fork. What did you think of the event? Uh I had uh I had I watched most of Fork. I had it on the background while I was working. Uh you know, we'll go into the picks, but it was hard to go against a dark horse like Lee. Or I mean not a dark horse, but or is he a dark horse? Everyone knew Lee was probably gonna <laughs> win it. Um Keith Combs didn't live up to expectations, which, what do you need? <laughs> so, so, yeah, so to go on that, uh, Keith Combs okay. was my only bad pick who finished outside the cut. So, I was like, oh. Yeah, but, and he, it's just, he didn't live up to his own. I was talking too loud because my wife's earbuds weren't working, so. Oh, no. Uh, no, Ford was <laughs> great. Um you know, it, it it did have some drama that final day because Lee was kind of struggling and and people like Shane LeHue and Swindle and them were doing great. I thought it was great that um, Bass showed a little bit of the stuff with Swindle and uh, GDP getting into it because that stuff was ha- happening all the time. So that was kind of cool that they actually showed that. Um, but it was a great event. I mean, it crushed it with as many people were on the lake and everything like that in regards. Yeah, it's wild. See, I wasn't able to tune in all too much, like here and there, bits and pieces, but it seemed like if you tuned into the afternoon, at least on day two, three, and four, like fireworks went off. They didn't catch Man. a lot of fish, but every time they swung the bat, it was a big end, and that was exciting. Yeah, they, yeah, the afternoons were definitely when a lot of the big – it was either early morning uh, getting a shad spawn, and then it kind of went dead, and then it just kind of blew up from there. So, you know, uh, this was a tournament where a lot of people that were in the lower realms that needed to have good tournaments to make sure they're not kicked out of bass last year had some, and where some people, you know, it, it'll play off my picks for next week didn't have that great tournament, so they kind of know where their their path is for next year, unfortunately. So, so yeah. Um, sorry, Bart was just sending me, saying he's having issues sending his stuff over because he could not join us. So no I, more Bart. I'm no. anti-Bart. <laughs> Anti-Bart. <laughs> We're starting a new uh, hashtag here. It was less Bart. Now uh, we've moved into anti-Bart. So if you guys want to like blow up his inbox and Instagram, please do because it'd be kind of funny. It'd probably be the only message. Yeah, cancel. It'd probably be the only messages he'd be getting on Instagram, anyways. <laughs> oh jeez, that's not very nice. <laughs> uh, it is what it is. 
I'm so, sure he gets those people trying to sell him knives. I know he gets that. <laughs> Everybody's trying to sell Damascus knives. Come on now. I know. Or or some kind of or some kind of wood product. It's crazy. <laughs> so speak, speaking of Lee Livesey and uh, Bush beer, because you know Bush is a huge sponsor for Lee. I don't know if you paid any attention to my Instagram today, but uh, I had a dog come visit my house. And Was that his dog, name Bush? no, he's sponsored by Bush Beer. He's the oh. chief tasting officer of the dog beer that Bush Beer makes. So Bush Beer sponsors him. He was a rescue here in Louisville that like came in. He's a King Corso, but he came into the rescue place at like 20 pounds. Wow. And he, he's now 100 pounds. So he yeah, was this a big, big dog. That's a big, he's, happy boy. Yeah, his name is Ethan. Like he was a national sensation because he came in super sick. They helped him. He survived. He's done all this great thing for the community and humane society. So yeah, his uh, his dad stopped by the house. His dad stopped by the house today, <laughs> and uh, I gave him some of my work. And I got to mess. I got to play with the dog and everything. But yeah, he was a big son bitch. He's about hundred yeah. pounds. <laughs> Love it. He was like that- Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, all he probably wants to do is lick your face and drink some doggy bush lattes. So good for uh, him. He's living yeah, the he life. Was- yeah. He is. He so, is. so let's kind of dive into it. What was the like most interesting aspect besides Swindle and GDP fighting of the Lake Fork tournament in your eyes? Hmm. Paul, why don't you hit that one before I go? Well, I'll, I'll lead off. I didn't get to watch much between work and I had a tournament Saturday, uh, but I probably would have done much better sitting at home watching that than fishing the kayak tournament. I was in, but listening to the recaps and and the folks that that I've, I've listened to, <laughs> it sounds like I mean the 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 fish that they were catching were were just phenomenal. I mean, big fish, and and I always say this when it comes to like content creation, you either gotta you gotta be entertaining, education, or you gotta catch big fish. And so it sounded like they were catching big fish. Obviously, they were. We had four century belts, I think. That gets people dialed in. I mean, that's you know, that's what that's that's what will get people to watch is when they're boat flipping five, six pounders. Yeah. I I agree completely. Um, the one interesting aspect I was gonna say is how Lee almost let the tournament slip away on day four. Mm-hmm. In like the last hour, with an hour to go, I think he had what sixteen or seventeen pounds. The it seemed like the conditions on day four really threw the top three guys almost for a loop, and it took them a bit to figure out what was going on. Day yeah. four was the day I watched the most. So. Yeah, I think it was on Bash U where Lee was talking um, because he had that whole cavalcade of boats, and granted, you can't get information. But Lee overheard someone say something about four pounds down. So Lee was under the impression that he was four pounds behind on Paul Nick. And mm. it, it wasn't, mm. he stated, it wasn't until he caught that eight, eight pounder at the end to where it kind of sealed the deal. So, I mean, he he basically was kind of fishing scared because, yeah. he, I mean, he knew what his weight was and everything like that in regards. Um I thought this was, you know, because they do the catch release, I thought this was one of the best tournaments, you know, tournament coverages ever from Bass because they didn't have to 
I guess they did a weigh in, but I didn't watch it um, because you, that's the thing is you knew what the, the weight results were at the end of the day. I think Bass, like the people, you know, Ronnie and all them, like it's going to be almost a comedy show. Like I'll yeah. start listening to them and they start bringing, they have these jokes that they'll bring into, or there was some laughing thing from some movie and it's just absolutely hilarious because yeah. they just all get in on the, on the same joke in regards. And, you know, they're also, as I brought it up, they're privy to the information of they have trackers of every, where every angler is so they can see where the anglers are rotating the same areas. So it was kind of cool when they started bringing that up, but like, you know, not to go back into it, but where like GDP, he's like, he caught all the fish in the morning, and then two hours later, Swindle popped in there. But Swindle had no idea. You know, a lot of these anglers had no idea that they were just all rotating the same spots and regards. Um, you but, th- I wonder how many times they passed each other, though, because they could only run in such narrow boat mm-hmm. lanes if they're rotating all the same areas. Like, those boat lanes aren't super wide as is, so, like, it'd be interesting to see, like, if they cameras were rolling on those boats and how close they had to navigate as they're running by each other, rotating those spots. Yeah. And especially too, with as much pressure as it gets from locals and guides too, you know, there were so many anglers that talked about, Hey, you know, you know, in the morning you pulled up to a spot and somebody else is there. So you pretty much just kind of, kind of crap shoot and go somewhere else because, you know, with how low the water was, it, it, could take you a couple hours to actually get to your spot so a lot yeah. of them yeah you're rich less well, bar <laughs> well, this is this is the fourth time i think they said they've been there uh here recently with the water being at, at the level that it was this time do you think that increased the bags would they have been less had the water not been been lower uh, what do i don't think so much Honestly, the water, the water being low makes the fish concentrate more. So yeah, they're susceptible to more pressure. But also with the water lower, it gives the bait fish less areas to be as well, and that's why those fish are so concentrated. So it does kind of make them easier to pick off because they're hungry. So they're going to eat regardless, no matter what the pressure is like. And you see it all the time. Whenever they go to fork, they just blow their doors off every time. Water's high or low, it doesn't matter. No. Yeah, and there were some fish still in spawn. There were some, yeah. I mean, John Cox was, and that's just, I mean, this just kind of says how it is, that people were fishing every phases with, with certain things, whether they're fishing the shad spawn, whether they're fishing post-spawn. I mean, they were kind of all facets of different things. Yeah. Uh, one thing that really, I mean, I, I hate to bring this up, Brian New. Brian New's got some daddy issues, man. He loves – I did, did you – oh, we lost Paul. Did well, you well, see any of New on live? No, I did not. Oh, he was just like every fish he caught, come to ba- come to daddy, baby. Love my daddy. And he was just daddy this. It's <laughs> getting a little erotic. I'm not going to lie. So. Oh, jeez. But, but Brian, Brian New is just – I mean, he's – although this is his second year, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just—he's coming to his own. It's hard to pick against that dude. He's yeah. such—he's such a goofball too that everyone loves him. He knows how to catch big fish. It's almost like he might become like a perennial pick when they're on a big fish lake type situation. Might be a good yeah. pick for Pickwick, which we'll get yeah. into here in a little bit. So, um, 
I kind of want to go ahead. No, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was, I was actually gonna go. Who were your picks for four? Like, who, who were your best picks for four? What were your numbers? And because uh, yeah. obviously, I don't I don't participate in your fantasy thing, but I was right there. Yeah. Well, I'll let's hear yours first because I'm gonna wait for Paul to get back here. So I'll let you go on yours. Sure. So I had um, my group A at Paul Nick, which was uh, I just kind of was like, ah, you know, he he knows mainly because he just followed me on Facebook or followed oh. me on it's Instagram. Oh. So I was like, all right, I'm going to pick him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my awesome. B group was Buddy Gross because I figured, oh, they're in post spawn. You know, Buddy's going to get those post spawn. Well, Buddy sucked, so he was not my buddy. Um, C group was Maddie Robertson. Always a solid choice, yeah. my buddy. And, uh, you know, I think he had a 19th place finish. Um, good. Yeah, which is very good. He needed it, too. D was Lee Livesey. I mean, you put him in a D bracket. Um, and, you know, he's just – he doesn't care. He's just fishing to win every time. Yeah. He's blatantly said, if I'm not doing well or I'm doing well, I'm going to call some buddies over um, to help them out. And E was probably a pick that everyone lost on, which was Keith Combs. Yeah, that one that was the, like the only downside to my picks was the Keith Combs aspect. So while yeah. we're waiting for the Jabberhammer to get back, let me pull up uh what everybody else did here. So Bart had a total of 1010 points. I don't know who his picks were though cuz this is all he sent me. Um so I have 1,010 points, but I can't see the names. Thanks, so, Bart. You're the best. But he had Lee Livesey and Keith Combs in bucket D&E because of 1st and 59th. But after that, he had somebody who finished 34th, 25th, and 84th. So Ooh, that was fourth. Bart's pick, so I'm not sure who he took. But uh, let me pull up Bailey's and Deacon's. So Bailey... Let's pull it up here. Bailey sent them to me last night. All right. So Bailey had 998 points, which put him in fourth place because we do golf score. One, two, three, four. So he got four points for the event. Let me backtrack real fast. So current standings is Deacon at nine, Bailey and Bart tied at 13, and I have 15. So coming into this tournament, I was in last place, which – I'm pretty sure is about to flip the scores here. So Bailey came in fourth. Bart was in third. Bailey had Taku, who finished 72nd. He had Buddy, who finished 53rd. He had Gussie at 24th. Lee Livesey at first. So it's a good pick with Gussie in Group C. And he had Keith Combs. So I think we all took Combs um, in Group E. And then, it was hard not to pick him. It was too easy of a choice. Yeah, especially because he had such a good tournament at Rayburn in the Toyota series or whatever the FLW exactly. one is. That's so I was like, Keith Combs is back. Like, this is going to be good. And then, yeah. Oops. Thank you. Looks, oh, I was going to say, it looked like we had Paul back. We'll get him back in here. And then um, Deacon's picks. Let me pull it up here. So Deacon had Brandon Polnick, who came in second. He had Chris Zeldane, who took 40th. So he made that day three cut, which is a solid pick. Uh, Brandon Card, who finished 84th. Uh, Lee Livesey and Keith Combs. And for a total of 
1,068 points. Did uh, did you by chance hear Zaldane's interview on BTL? I did not. He basically, I mean, he one day, I think the first day he only weighed four fish, and he was just like, I don't care. I'm just going to throw these big baits. I, I mean, he is fine with himself to where he's going to do that. He's, he's not trying to make a check every no. time. He's, which, I mean, I, I guess, and, and until you get close to getting kicked out, <laughs> if yeah. your numbers are bad, but he's fine with it, man. And that, hey. that's mad respect for that. You do things your way. Swingers, I guess, will swing. And he was swinging. So, not in that, not speaking, in that instance, John. <laughs> speaking of the big pineapple, Jabberhammer's back. It hey, happened. Paul. Give me one second to get all my stuff in line. All right. And then, uh, so, with mine last week, and this is like a humble break here, I was trying to find people who did better than me, and I started looking, like, dot deeper and I only found one or two people who actually did better than me last week in fantasy at Fork. I had oh, wow. one 1,304 points, so I won our group for the week. I had Polinick, Swindle, Kenta Kamara, who took 14th, Lee Livesey first, and Combs, who took 59th. So I had one, two, and three, 14th, and Combs. Did you see on that last bucket with Combs who you could have picked to do better? Did you check that bucket of E? I have not gone back and looked because I'm sure I'm kicking myself for not picking it. But, <laughs> yeah, it, it is what it is. But um, I think I got, like, the maximum points I could have if I would have chose somebody other than Combs. But everybody took them, so it's not like I got burned. I could have really exploded the score, though, if I took somebody who finished better with a much lower percentage. But it is what it is. So, uh, 1304. I still can't believe I had first, second, and third, which is That's wild. Awesome. Swindle always seems to do well in Texas. He might not be in the top 10, but he always seems to be in like the top 20. Paul, I want to laugh. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it's just well, you uh, got the black glasses on. I figured I'd wear the white tonight. It's just the white, the like lime green shirt, fluorescent yellow shirt, and the Donald Duck hat. So you're as colorblind as I am. Apparently, this is green. That's what I've been told. I just said it's like fluorescent yellow or lime green. Oh, I can't hear either. You look like you look like uh, Slimer from uh, Ghostbusters. Man, we don't need to be making fat <laughs> tonight. I did bad enough scoring on the fantasy football. I mean, the fantasy <laughs> fishing last week. <laughs> we gotta make me feel bad about my my round image. <laughs> Why don't you tell about yours so I can make make a quick restroom break? Okay, good luck. Good luck. Turn your turn your uh, microphone off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not do good. I did not do good. I had 921 points. It was a rough Ooh. week. Yeah, it was rough. Now, this is my first year doing the fantasy fishing. Now, I have played a lot of fantasy football, good bit of fantasy baseball back in the day. In the fantasy sports, it's all about percentages. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. Is is if you you got we got pots right that we got a groups we got to pick these folks out of. Uh, in other aspects, you've got you know salary cap or a money pot to go. So I I try to I usually go with the folks that that are ranked high because they've been the most consistent throughout the year. And then I try to take the limited knowledge I have of each individual angler 
and pair to where they going. I ain't good at it yet. So when I've scored good, I've gotten lucky. <laughs> and when I've done like I did last week, I had no luck on my side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I went uh, David Mullins on day on uh, for Group A. Uh, Christy on Group B. Yeah, I was trying to ride that Christy wave. I mean, you know, up and down, up and down. But I thought it might have been a place that he could have played well. Brandon Carr, because he's from Salisbury, North Carolina. You know, I had I got to put a North Carolina person up in my in in every group. Just real quick on the Salisbury thing, is that where like Salisbury steaks were originated? No, that's somewhere else. Uh, I'm, that, I don't <laughs> know ass. where. I don't know which. I, that, I think that's like Salisbury, Connecticut, or something. I'm not sure. It's not from down here. We don't ruin. We don't ruin good beef down here by putting uh, gravy on it. Uh, I went <laughs> Hamner and D and Aoki, Dice K and E. Yeah, that that is who I should have picked in Group E. John was because uh, I think he was like in the twenties. Uh, John's on mute. Yeah, J- John, you're muted. How could you pick him over a guy that lives there and has done very well? It's it'd be it's a long shot. I know it's just like, and you know, should have, could have, would have. At least Combs didn't bomb. That's then it it's, could have been really bad. But it's good to know I was muted. I had some choice words about Brandon Card that didn't go on there. So. Nobody, nobody, nobody asked you. This was my chance to say what I did. Nice no, froze. Nobody's froze. Oh, I thought he was supposed to say. I put him at a loss for words. <laughs> Considering you look like an ugly white Bismarcky right now, I think we're good. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's not fight here, guys. So, all right. Well, now that we're going to move past the fork pitter-patter, um, let, let's move on to Pickwick. What do you guys think is going to happen this week? Hmm. Next week coming up, I should say, because we do this a week out. Um. So... I'm in Kentucky. I know what's going on in Kentucky right now. Uh, I'm going to say there's here, there's still a shad spawn. So shad are still spawning. Um, with the way the weather's been, we've, this week we've been getting a ton of rain. Um, so water, lakes are going to shoot, depending on what the TBA does, lakes are going to shoot up. It's a lot of muddy stuff. All of our bass are right now. And there's a couple, I mean, I caught a spawner on Monday. Um, but most of the bass are going to be post-spawn, so they're going to be finicky. So I think it's going to be a shad spawn bite, and then you're going to work on those ledges. Um, some people may focus on smallmouth. I I wouldn't, but it's it's going to be junk fishing, in my opinion. So, do you think do you think there's going to be any clear water in the lake? I'm not very familiar oh. with the lake, or, or, or oh. is it? Is there going to be the rain coming in? Is just going to have it washed out? Well. Was, one thing you have to remember is this weekend's Memorial Day weekend, so you're going to see a ton of boat traffic. So stuff's going to get. Uh, and there's a um, college derby there this weekend too. Like oh, is big, it really big college derby? Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know the the weekend. the The forecast for next week is supposed to be low 80s, um, so it'll be nice weather. Uh, water temps around us are mid 70s, so I'm going to guess they're about mid 70s, low 80s there. Um, there'll be clear water. Um, I still, I, I don't think the fish are 100% in their summer patterns yet because our weather has been super funky where we've had cold spells. We've had warm spells. Um, that's why I think it's just going to be junky. 
you know, people are going to, I think there's, you know, when they show those top 10 baits, everything's going to be different. Um, I think there's going to be a ton of top water, um, ton of deep cranking um, and things like that. So, And you're going to have a couple guys that know how to catch them shallow that are still going to catch them shallow because any current fishery, they're shallow all year. Yeah. Round. I don't care. So, and you got to think about locals too, because there yeah. there are some locals when it comes to Pickwick, because Mullins lives close. Um, my uh, my cuff, Kentucky, yeah. he's he's had a house there for years. Um, and then you also have to think about Pickwick. Was it uh, the uh, F? Not FLW, whatever. The Toyota series was just there, not what a couple weeks ago, and uh, kind of looking at what they did there as well. So. Yeah, and then you have literally every Alabama guy who knows that lake because they, a lot of them choose that as their favorite lake over Gunnersville. Yeah, so so it'll be interesting because there'll be a lot of just like you know, like in Fork, there'll be a ton of locals as well, um, especially when you're coming off Memorial Day weekend. So I I think honestly it's probably going to take mm, seventeen to eighteen pounds a day to make in the top ten. Uh, you know, if you make someone's going to hit 20 a day or two, but I think if it's that consistency, it is what it is. I mean, NPFL is right now on Watts bar. And if you, you know, it's all kind of connected. Watts bar is a good lake right now. Uh, is it? Yeah. It's, it's uh, what's his name? Junkie. Pat, it's Patty, junkie. Patty Walters is leading. Patty Walters leading with 30 pounds after two days. So that's basically 15 pounds a day. Um, so I mean, it it could be ever it could be super tough, but you know, someone's always going to catch him. It doesn't oh. matter. And it's Pickwick; it has absolute freak giants in it as well. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Somebody will have four two and a half pounders, and then a seven and a half, and <laughs> catapult them into the top ten after day. Yeah, one. I think the uh, as I we were talking off air, the biggest fish that was weighed in today on NPFL on Watts bar was seven. So, you know, and some people, you know, depending, like, let's say they do get a ton of rain and they are running, um, they are running the, uh, what's it called? Where the they dam. run the, the dam and the waters. I mean, that could be huge on smallmouth too. So you just, you know, it's all going to vary. So I, I don't come from the TVA where dams and stuff like that. Them turning the the dams on the flow and off, how's that going to play on that lake? So normally from watching like FLW tournaments in the past on the TVA chains, because the elites go there, but it seemed like the old FLW tours seem to visit like every one of them every year. It's always like Thursday, Friday, the bite is really good, especially if it's really hot because they're pulling water. And then on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday, they tend to pull less water. So the bite always seems to get tougher. So I I think that's going to be the theme of this tournament as well, even though it's going to fish junky. I think the best fishing days will probably be Thursday, Friday. And then you're going to get more local pressure Saturday, Sunday. There might be a couple other tournaments going on. And with them pulling less water, that could really slow the bite down. Yeah, which makes John, go ahead, John. John, what does that do for? Is there still a morning bite? You know, before the sun comes over the horizon, is there still going to be a morning bite, even if that flow isn't going? Oh yeah, definitely, because you have those bass that are in post spawn, 
and uh, they're going to come up on the points. You have the, you know, you have the bats that are also in the shad spawn too. So there's going to be a quick morning bite because everything's going to be going on, whether it's, you know, the bass that are kind of up and feeding, or you're going to focus on shad spawn, you know, it's going to be quick, short windows. So I assume they're going to catch them real quick. Then there's going to be some dull times until they figure out what's going on as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I personally haven't caught fish on top water, but I know people that, that are. So it's just kind of being at the right place at the right time. Always. So uh, real quick, before we get really deep into the Pickwick stuff here, um, just so everybody knows, we have four things to give away tonight. We have the Hobie Eyewear, the Omnia gift card, the Queen Tackle, and then also a Humminbird prize pack. So I'm going to divvy it up here. I'm going to let uh, John, which is the drunk wood, in the top left corner, and Jabberhammer Paul down there in the bottom. Um, you, One of you guys can do two. I will take one, and then um, the other one gets one. You can kind of just grab your questions. So everybody tuning in, make sure you get your questions in, hot takes, what you think is going to happen. If there's one that you guys like, don't be afraid to go back and pick it out and throw it up there. Well, tell me which one it is, and I can throw it up there, and we'll go from there. And uh, How do I see comments? I don't see no comments. You don't see any comments? All right. Well, I guess you might have to stream you, it on YouTube. <laughs> if you click on the, it, if you click on the comments, there you go. I've those comments. Yeah. I've you, only done sixty something of my own podcast, and uh, so I found it. We're good. Why, uh, maybe those, maybe those lame ass sunglasses or glasses need a new prescription so you can actually see the comments. Well, well, the good thing about these is they don't have lenses, so I can wear them with my contacts. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, I see, uh, we'll go into it, but I see Team Bass Pack is talking about Justin Atkins on the home lake. Justin Atkins needs to do business or he is not going to be here next year. Yeah, he's in what, like the 90s in points, I think? I mean, they brought that up on Bass this last week. And it's, he's a great, you know, you know, he made that transition from BPT back over. So I hope he, he does well. I'm a fan of him. So an incredible fisherman when he was in the FLW and even the BPT, he did really, really well. So I don't know. I don't think, no, I don't think anyone knows what's going on with Justin Atkins. He's had like one good tournament. It was a surprise up on the St. Lawrence. So it's, um, it's time for him to really make hay um another guy that might start blowing up here too is that kid from missouri was it coat is it cody huff oh he hasn't done anything i know and that's surprising a lot of people as well so he was he was so hyped up with you know being the guy under uh clon and he did really well in college and did well like he won a back-to-back college and flw tournament and then he just hasn't got into his his own so yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. Kyle Schmidt has a good question here. Goes, do you think Brandon Lester will be a top ten factor on Pickwick, knowing it's one of his home waters? Man, that's a great question. I didn't pick him on. I didn't even think about him on yeah. fantasy. But where? Uh, what open did? Didn't? What was the open he won? He just won down on was it Harris or whatever that lake was in Florida? Okay. I can't remember at the moment. But yeah, he finally got a blue trophy consistently a really good pick on the TVA. I don't even know what group he's in uh, because I didn't pick him, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, Ryan Ivers. I hope Alex Redwine does do well. I like the kid. 
being a Cincinnati. Good. My wife's from Cincinnati, so I, I hope he does well. Oh, Lester's in uh, Group, group a. a. That's that's why it's hard to pick him there because there's some really good picks in Group A that you can't really go away with. So, uh, well, before we really get going in here, I want to go back real fast and do the updated scoring. So, in the golf scoring from Fork in the the updated leaderboard, Deacon is still in first with 11 points. Bart is me and Bart are tied for second and third with 16, and Bailey is rounding out the house with 17 in last place. He's uh, sitting right where he finished last year, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, Bailey, if you're tuning in, but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite the showdown here coming into the last few tournaments. So, um, I guess Paul, to get it kicked off, what are your picks for Pickwick? All of them. We're, we're not going by groups. We're just straight down the straight down the block. Oh yeah, let's do it. Group A. What was your Group A pick? Sorry, you're right. I'm not used to leading the fantasy fishing show. So that's okay. As a longtime listener, I got you, Hoss. Thanks, got you. thanks, Jabberhammer. All right, y'all look at here. I got David David Mullins in Group A. I, I picked him last week, and he was first couple of days he was treating me right. Uh, then you know it fell off, but. Yeah, you know, I he's 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 up there. I think he's like third or fifth in the points, and it, it's it's in his neck of the woods. I think he's going to wreck him. Hmm. I think that's a good choice. If y'all are looking for like in depth, really enlightening information for my picks, I've got it for you. That this but, is a good well, one. He says it's going to be hard for me to go against Polonic from here on out. Yeah, it was. It's. I had a tough one with that too. It was. It was a hard choice. Uh, were you going to make a comment there, Paul, or were you just leaving that open ended? No, no. I, I mean, it's a statement. It was. It, there was a period or an exclamation at the end of that sentence. Oh, your communication skills are great. <laughs> Who do you got, John? Hey, being from Kentucky, you all you all don't understand me better than this. Let's see how it's supposed uh, to be. So, Group A, <laughs> Group A was a tough one. Uh, you know, uh, Polnick had the biggest percentage. Uh, you know, and Swindle was in it also, which is tough to go against. And then there were some other pretty good fishermen in there. I don't know why Jamie Hartman's in there at forty six. He does um, good on Tennessee, like Gunnersville. If there's grass, Hartman can play if there's a topwater bite post spawn. You know, and we got one John, we got Corey Johnson there too, which is tough. I had to go with Mullins, man. I mean, he's he's fishing too good right now. He he's smooth. He had a good uh he had a pretty good lake fork. So I'm I, like most of the people on this message board, I'm with Mullins. Yeah. Mullins. Oh, also too, uh let me Team South Florida fishing too. One thing you have to play into factors: Polnick may not be fishing. Oh yeah, he's that baby's, uh, his, his, that baby's due. Baby's due the first day of practice, so uh, he'll be and, fishing. But oh uh, yeah, that's that's well. He may not get the, he may not get the practice. Practice. And it's a tough pick. I mean, I, I don't blame him. I do the same thing. Yeah, I would, he, I he said run. on BTL that if, if that baby came during the middle of the tournament, he was gone. Yeah. I don't blame him one bit. Ooh. So that's the tough. That would factor into it. I wouldn't pick him just for that simple fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That is a good point. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Like I I knew the baby was coming and I was like, ooh. <sighs> yeah, so T uh I tell you what, since I have it, I'm the queen tackle guy. Team South Florida Fishing wins that one for throwing ooh. that out there. I wasn't mm. thinking about it. Awesome. So Team yeah. South Florida Fishing hit Sirius Angler up. Uh, you got the queen fishing package deal. Awesome. So the queen fishing package is a $25 coupon on the website. That is good for up to $25. If And uh, when you message us over there, uh, Team South Florida, uh, we'll go into details how the whole coupon works. So congrats. Uh, I just bought a bunch of their swim jigs, They're and they are awesome. They smell great, too. Yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> I, I open that package. Oh, it's even better when it gets like hot and humid outside and you open it up and you grab your jig box and you open it and it's just like coffee. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, I was fishing I was fishing them in some marinas and I got them hung on some bars and I was like, all right, I'm not breaking this off. I'm, I had to get up in people's houseboats to get those off. <laughs> yeah, because they're tungsten too, so they're not cheap. But um, nope, they're awesome. Yeah, yeah I am. Um... Yeah, I can't say enough about them. I really like the peanut jig, the little finesse one. I've caught a lot of big bass on it this year already. This spring when the water was really cold, flipping it real soft. And Team Bass Pack said, uh, I said it first, LOL, but okay, haha. So, so oh, <laughs> salty oh. comments here. And I apologize. Uh, we actually have a lot of comments coming through here. So, uh, and Team Bass Pack, I apologize for that. But, uh, yeah, congrats, Team South Florida. We still have three more gifts and prize packs here to give away. The Hummingbird, Omnia gift card, and also the uh, Hobie Eyewear sunglasses, which Paul could probably use a pair of sunglasses with those things he's wearing. So, uh, Man, I, I, I try to wear my black frame ones every time I go fishing, but all I do is squint the whole time. It's weird, weirdest thing ever. Yeah, so um, we'll kind of dive into Bailey's picks here and Deacon's. So Bailey's riding the the Mullins train. He's got a Mullins pick for Group A. And Deacon is going with BP. Maybe he doesn't know that Tiff is about to give birth <laughs> any day. Um, yeah, we won't tell him that, though, because he's leading in points. So, and he's, I think this is the second one in a row that... He may have missed for fantasy fishing. So, yeah, we're going to leave him in the dark there. Hey, see, see, this is the thing about fantasy sports, though. Like, being in tune with the, the individual that you're choosing. That's yeah. like knowing some of these intricacies. And, and again, my first it's my first year doing it. So, like, I'm trying to learn some of this stuff. Yeah, but but knowing these little tidbits about folks, if it's a place they don't like to fish, or you know how the fish are going to be caught, or you know a child coming, or you know whatever it is, that's that's important to know. I mean that that, that kind of start, that's a that's a factor in playing the game. Oh, one hundred percent, and that's the hardest part is fishing is one of the most like tricky things to get behind because they go to the lake the same time, roughly at the same time of year when they go. But every year the conditions are different. So you never truly know what's going to happen unless you have like a hometown kid who fishes the lake every time, like a Lee on Fork, that he is going to catch them where they go. The hometown guy almost never wins until like 
what, six or seven years ago when Casey Ashley did it on Hartwell. So that's like when it really started taking off. But it took the Johnstons a couple tries just to get a win on the St. Lawrence. So um, let me interject because I was looking at my phone doing work stuff and I didn't see this. Uh, kudos to you, Team Bass Pack, for uh, doing that. You're an awesome person. Yeah. So you rock. Sorry, I was looking at my phone. Uh, t- speaking of that person, they have a question. Andrew, do you think Greg Hackney could do some damage since he's done very well with the FLW? Greg Hackney, anywhere it's junk fishing or he can catch him on a jig, or he's a very underrated plugger, too. He's actually a really good crankbait fisherman. If there's big fish to be caught, Greg Hackney is a hard person to bet against. And he also had a very good Pickwick tournament there in the high water, if I remember correctly, the last time. And I don't think he's very far from there either in Louisiana. Um, no. Hackney... Hackney could be a very good choice. And to be honest, like that's where I was going to go with that. That's a really good question because I pick Greg Hackney in group A just because I want somebody who catches big fish with BP. That was my original choice. But with him having a baby coming, I've been riding the BP train for the last couple weeks. Um, I know what it's like to have a newborn in the house. There's not a lot of sleep. So even if he does make the tournament, he he's either going <laughs> to light their world on fire on no sleep and be all adrenaline, or he's going to finish dead last because he's not going to be able to make a cast because he's going to be so tired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To, to answer uh, Kyle Schmidt's question, if the water's high and they aren't lighting the current flow, do you feel that will affect the weights? If so, do you think sub 18 pounds for top 10 or still a few 20s? Um, I kind of addressed that earlier. I think there'll be a couple 20s, but most of it's going to be 18 around there. Um, yeah. I, 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 if you see a 24-pound bag, I'll be impressed. And, you know, they may catch it once, but that's all they're going to catch it. They're not going to be consistent on that end. I hope they prove me wrong. But. but, Kyle, that's a great question. Yeah, so the way TVA likes tend to play is the winner or guys in the top 10, the, the leaderboard always fluctuates, right? Like, a guy one day could catch three pounds and the next day they catch 25 and then they'll catch 12 because it's, did they pull up in the right spot in the morning? Did they time the timing right on the ledge? Did they pull up on the right bluff wall at the right time while pitching a jig yep. while the current's running? So TVA lakes are big current fisheries that the current matters, but that's such a timing deal. And I think every day is going to be different and you're going to see, a bunch of different patterns play and it's going to be a shootout. But I think even in the top 10, you're going to have like four or five guys who run away with it. And then the bottom five guys will be like 10 or 12 pounds behind on day four because of that 18 to 24 pounds that could be caught at any given time. You, you could make the top 10 with a 12 pound bag, a 20 pound bag and an 18 pound bag. Let me ask you this. Will anyone weigh, one bag full of smallmouth, complete smallmouth. Mm. That is an interesting question. It they should I say be, no, no. I don't think so either because it, if they can get up in the tail race with the water being warm, they're going to catch smallies, but they're also going to catch spots and they're going to catch largemouth in that. Current. What's do we know the limit for uh, smallies on pickwick? That is a great question. Let's pull it up. I'm, I tell you what, I got it. Uh, I got it right now. P 
Pickwick Lake. Because they have to, I think, don't they have to be 18 inches, I think, on Pickwick? No, 15 inch. And there's no length limit on spots. So uh, it's probably 12 well, inch for spots. Yeah, it's probably 12 inch for spots. Yeah, I'd say, eight, I mean, you know, bag of 18s are some pretty good small mouths. So. Yes, like it could happen. If it's only 15 inches for a smallie. You could see a limit of smallmouth caught, but I don't know if they're going to get the giants like they did last time when the water was high and muddy with the guys up at the tail race. Mm-hmm. But if they, I don't know if they'll be able to get all the way up, but you could see some guys really try to get up there and get some. If anything, it's going to be like a first light bite, and whoever gets that first 10 boat draw, and if they go up there, you might see like, two or three of them get weighed and down river like there's probably some shoals and stuff down river from the tail race where they could get on if there's enough current pumping that they could catch them on like top water where the current water comes up to like four foot so and i mean one, ahead, one person i one person i didn't pick but i mean if that bite is on in the tail race it's hard to pick against steve kennedy yeah I mean, he's gonna catch him on a glide bait or something crazy. It's his, it's his hometown area. I mean, he's close to it. So, so, John, I got a I got a question. What it, what you talked about it being a junk fishing tournament? Mm-hmm. How is how how is Ford facing sonar going to work? Do you think? Do y'all think that's going to play with the ledges and maybe some offshore stuff in the that, middle of the day? That's an interesting question because. I think this is going to be the first true ledge fishing tournament that we're going to be able to see forward facing sonar possibly play. But that being said, I think these fish might be, no, I'm going to take that back because Texas, they were, there were still fish on beds, but there was a lot of fish deep. I think it has the possibility to be a full blown ledge tournament. But that being said, if you have 10 boats on a ledge and they're all pinging forward-facing sonar off of each other, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of interference going on. So <laughs> you might not even see them looking at it. It might be off just because of that fact. Yeah, we're, we're placed into someone like John Cox who will beat the bank and turn everything off, uh, you know, could come into play. So, but, so, uh, you know, will it hold, will it, you know, can you hold it up for four days? No, I don't think you can. I mean, mm-hmm. you eventually have to go offshore. Um, you got to find that spot. You got, you know, and it could be one of those things like Lake Fork where, you know, a lot of the main spots are known. So it could be kind of a rotation deal. AKA Justin Atkins with the sneaky little stuff. If he hopefully shows up for an event that we've been waiting for him to show up to. I hope he does, man. Me too. He, um, it's a long overdue for him. So Kyle Schmidt actually has another question here. Um, adding to that, with your post-spawn prediction, do you feel they'll be grouped up based on size or that depend on how far in the post-spawn? What I find from watching a lot of PVA lakes, and I want your guys' input on this, is that the fish never truly seem to be grouped up in size unless they're on tiny little areas. If you get in a main hole on a ledge, the first couple bites are key. Those are usually your biggest ones. And then mm-hmm. you'll beat them out and start catching smaller ones. And then as the, the fish size dwindles, whoever makes that first key bait switch 
to refire the school will catch the biggest fish. So it's almost like a waiting game. But that's what I've noticed is as the size gets smaller, they're cranking at 10XD or 8XD or 6XD, and all of a sudden a guy, the first one who throws in that hair jig, the big old shad-style hair jig will pluck like a seven-pounder. And then the, the whole school shuts off. That's 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 gonna be my bait of the bait of the tournament is the hair jig because yeah, I think I, they weren't talking about it was fished at Lake Four, but I don't think it was talked about as much. But I mean, if if you listen to any of the Matt Robertson Corey Johnson thing on day four, um, yeah, it was day four. They talked about they were joking joking about how much a hair jig played into the whole tournament at Fork. Oh yeah. Yeah, because Lee caught some fish on it, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, he caught them on a couple things, but yeah, hair jig did come to play. Yeah. So, and the main bait fish in that lake, I believe, is a gizzard shad. So mm-hmm. that's why that hair jig just fires off. It's so much fun to watch him just stop, <laughs> stop. It's like, oh gosh, I want that bite so bad. I caught about a ten-inch gizzard shad on. It was a Monday. It scared the Ooh. crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, they were definitely yeah. spawning. It was awesome. Well, talk about the group fishing up. You know, from fish behavior, uh, that that postponed time is there's that transition where those fish are moving offshore, and you know, they're not in groups yet. They haven't got there. I, I don't know that area, that lake, but depending on where they are in that postponed time period, yes, the fish will group up. They're going to start to school for the summertime and, and they will be in the schools will have mixed sizes. You know, you'll have those two to four pounders. Then you have the smaller school, those fish that are bigger. And so uh, if those fish are set up into that, that summertime position, then, then yeah, somebody could get on a school of two to four pounders. Um, and they have, just have to work at school, you know, moving baits, slow baits, and and wait them out, let them regroup if they pull them off or start catching them. But I think uh, if those fish truly are in the postpone, where where they're not just sitting out there chilling, getting their bearings together, but if they are schooled up, yeah, somebody could get on some some schools there and 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 get them. I mean, that's just how those fish are going to start to set up. I apologize for checking my phone, but I just, uh, I'm trying to figure out what this is. I just got a, uh, oh, this was in, oh, that was in April. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was about a 30 pound bag in Indiana. And I was like, that had to be in April. And it definitely was in April. Well, no, Bass Blaster isn't used. No, there's some pretty good lakes in Indiana, but not, not great. But yeah, this was an old post. Never mind. Get- got it. So Ryan Crawley, and this is going to get into like the Group B discussion because I think there's a couple guys with aluminum boats in Group B. Do you think the aluminum boat guys can get up in the tailwater? I'm assuming that the tail races, that's what I'm assuming he's talking about, and dominate it because they can have it to themselves. So like a Jason Christie getting up there throwing that spinnerbait around for smallies and largies. I don't think it matters what boat you have, depending. Well, I guess it kind of depends what the water level is. But yeah. They'll get up there and tell race. It doesn't matter if aluminum or anything like that. It, it's it's deep enough on Pickwick for them to get up almost the whole way, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, definitely. I I don't think that's going to matter. I mean, and I'm a I'm an aluminum boat guy, so yeah, it doesn't matter. So, mm-hmm. 
Uh, speaking of Group B, what are our picks? Yeah, lead it off, John. Uh, so Group B, uh, I have to interject. I sent a text message today to someone that was in Group B. I said, I, I'm co-hosting this podcast today in one sentence. Why should I pick you for Pickwick? <laughs> and his response was, because I'm a sexy MFer, LOL. So my pick is the guy fishing for the wood, Matty Robertson. Love that pick. And, and I told you off air that I actually had Matty pick, but I changed my pick recently as just sitting here. I love Matty in group be but there's just somebody else in that group that has already won two tournaments this year um seems to win like all the time on the tva he might even have a tournament win in flw on pickwick or somewhere i'm going jason christie that guy just catches them if there's a shad spawn on a spinnerbait chatterbait doesn't matter he's He's going to catch some big fish, and he will be in the top ten. How about D. Rouse's comment? Zaldane will weigh three in for 70 pounds, low in five for 18. Oh, that, 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 and honestly, like, that could be what happens. Whatever I'm giving away, that's, that's my pick. <laughs> Whatever I'm giving away, that's it. I don't, you didn't tell me what the hell I was giving away. You said. I said you can choose whatever you want to give away. So what yeah. would you like to give D Rouse? Um, uh, the Omnia, Omnia gift card. All right, D Rouse, get a hold of uh, us over on the Serious Angler page, uh, Instagram, or Facebook, or you can even emails email us. Our email is down in the description of the show, and um, we will get that out to you. Yeah, I just I, I think with Matt as Brian Crowley posts, it's going to fit his wheelhouse. He's fished down there numerous times before, um, and you know he's a TBA guy. Uh, if he doesn't make the cut, I will be super disappointed. Yeah. Some something will be wrong here. So yeah, and he's got that fire lit on him after the first couple bad showings of tournaments this year. Uh, Maddie is going to be on live one of the days. That's gonna be my bold prediction, if not all of the days. I so. don't know if they they I don't know how the sensor people are quick on their buttons, but <laughs> <laughs> he was on live a couple days at uh, Chickamauga. So <laughs> they're gonna yeah. have to put, they're gonna have to implement the 10 second delay. Listen, I watching live on Thursday at four, I'm pretty sure Fighter dropped a couple F bombs. So like it, it happened. I, I, I want them, I mean, I would put money for a donation to raise something for charity just to have fighter on there for five minutes with just a heater hanging out of his mouth and him just dragging a jig while the ash of the heater is just starting to drip down and just hair blowing in the wind. Yeah. They'll never do it, but man, I wish, I wish they would show that stuff. Just ripping some stoves, ripping stoves and catching bass. Like what a better, like if, if professional bass fishing was as big as it was today and Seth Fighter was fishing in the 80s, he would be like every hair band's dream in the Bassmaster Elite Series. <laughs> Him and Matty Robertson. Yeah. <laughs> Seth Fighter right. would have bridged the gap. Back in the old days when it was a country boy sport, Seth Fighter would have had the country boy cult following. 
Yeah, it it would have been uh the country boy cult following. He would have like the hair metal cult following. Like people in Def Leppard t-shirts and cut off jeans would be showing up. Like he was he's the Bill, he's the Billy Ray Cyrus that we all needed. <laughs> I mean, he's he's just out there ripping heaters and tying leaders. He's just like, "All right. That G not, baby." Team South Florida Fishing, Seth Fighter is the John Daly of bass fishing. I, but, no, I think that's Matt Robertson. Yeah. If you got to make a comparison, that's 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 Matt all the way. I mean, that was – yeah, I, I mean, Matt's not – I'd be amazed if he hasn't approached Hooters about a sponsorship yet. But it could, <laughs> has there ever – there's never been a Hooters fisherman, I don't think. I don't think so, but um, – the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit definitely has a guy rocking a Def Leppard rap. Def Leppard rap. So oh, yeah. I guess that's close, yeah. <laughs> and he just slings around a wacky Sanko like everywhere they go and catches them. It's it's incredible. <laughs> so yeah, I'm Matt Robertson all the way. Who you got? Who you got, Jabber? Man, I got, I got Stetson Blaylock, and there's there's mm. a few reasons here. One, the man's first name. Is one of the most iconic damn hats in America. So I mean, you know, you you, you got to roll with somebody. You, somebody like that is going to be famous. So I'm I'm rolling him, and and the last name is is awesome too. Like I'm taking a a, a part of the fantasy football playbook in the fishing side, and you pick somebody because they got a good name. So I'm, I'm rolling with him. Not only that, his home lake is Wachita, wherever that is. But outside Washington? of that, Washita, that too, that too. <laughs> Wachita, Wachita, is like what your mom says. Did you watch Cheetah under your balls? <laughs> oh <my God>. Wachita. <laughs> Look, y'all say it how y'all think it's pronounced, and I'm going to say it how it's supposed to be pronounced. I mean, uh, that that's we ain't here to talk about vernaculars. Hot news: Hooters did sponsor someone in the late '80s. Apparently. <laughs> I'm looking up. This is a, it's a weird thing that Hooters fashioning. Uh, no, okay, I, I, I feel it. bad for Brad here. He got some bad news for me today. He uh, got a Dobbins ecstasy rod, and it broke. I mm. feel bad for this guy. Um, that, that stinks. That is an expensive ride. I hope you contacted Dobbins. Uh, actually, yeah, there was a, a guy by the name of Brad Hall was uh, sponsored by Hooters Bass Fishing. Nice. Uh, he uh, still fishes, I think, and we, uh, fishes the opens. Can we promote him as a real man of genius, Mr. Hooters <laughs> Rap Boat Bass Fisher guy? Like, can we go there with it? <laughs> I think anybody sponsored by Hooters should have to wear the Hooters uniform while fishing. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be part of that sponsorship. And I fish out of a kayak in local tournaments, and I would do it. <laughs> so, so John, is this what's going to happen when you come up and hop on the boat with me in a couple weeks? You're going to be sitting in the captain's chair on the back deck in a Hooters yeah. outfit, slugging down some freaking 12 ounces. <laughs> Look, he's, no. he's going to come as a ripoff in a ripoff windsuit. <laughs> Button down tracksuit, love it. No, you're just you're gonna be you're gonna be looking at the graph, and then you're gonna turn around. And I'm just gonna be completely butt naked, just fishing. <laughs> hey, hey, that's that's like Joe. That's like Joe LaBarber said. 
If it ain't boobs and bass, I ain't interested. Yeah. I mean, ha- have you seen, I don't know if you see a side profile of his nose. That's about LaBarbera's size of a nose there. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Joe. <laughs> Man, he ain't here to defend himself. I, I was going to ask Joe to come on, but they have the Big Bass Dreams podcast on Thursday nights at 9, so there's no way he was. I was going to ask him, but I didn't want to throw him in that conundrum. So, but for Group B, Deacon and Bailey both went with Buddy Gross. If it is offshore, he's going to catch them. It's guaranteed he always catches them on the Tennessee chain of lakes. Like, it's going to happen, the Tennessee River. Buddy Gross, it's like an automatic pick. Oh, yeah. But but if he finishes 55th, it's going to really hurt them because a lot of people picked him. What was his percentage in Group B? Like was, yeah, All right. almost thir- almost almost thirty percent. But people have been picking. That's the thing is, if you look at the percentages, it people pick homers. Like I love John Cruz, who's I think in the next one. But people just mm. pick the same people in every one, and it just it doesn't play out. So yeah, yep. Buddy Cruz was or sorry, Buddy Gross was almost twenty eight percent. Yeah. So it's it, and then yeah, you, you got people yeah. like Gussie who's closer taku and it's just yeah eh, it is what it is so uh spot 113 here is um kind of asking the jabber hammer here something he uh, says that he doesn't want to see you in orange shorts and a beer belly hanging out of your cutoff t-shirt first of all i don't drink beer white claw surges <laughs> so it would be a surge belly if we want to go there but you know that's that's good TV. People people would pay per view for that for that view. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> no. I think I think uh, I thought John was frozen again, but the second time tonight he's been at a loss for words. No, I'd I, I'd rather pay to not see it. Oh, hey, all right, Ryan probably with this comment that we missed. He says a couple terms ago, which I'm assuming is Chickamauga. He goes, Matty Wog was on live, and a boat goes by on plane. He goes, there goes Fighter with the Stug hanging out at 70. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a guy in, uh, I call him Uncle Joe, that I used to fish with all the time. Like He was like the persona of like the modern-day Seth Fighter. Every time, tournament morning, he'd have like his Dale Earnhardt racing jacket on. Nitro Z9, big like circle sunglasses. I absolutely love the guy. I learned so much from him. Always was ripping, like just chain smoking while running down the lake doing 70. And let me tell you this like, I'm not a cigarette smoker, never have been. Just a few when I drank when I was younger. <laughs> to do that while going 70 oh, like, miles an hour down road. the lake, you have to be ripping that cig so hard for it to stay lit. Like, <laughs> I tell you what, when I come up there in two weeks, I'm going to get us a pack of Marlboro Lights, and we're going to make each other smoke them. Absolutely then not. Then we're going to throw up on the side of the boat. Look, <laughs> 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 well, you got to get the Marlboro Reds unfiltered if you want to do it right. If we're going to go, we might as well get Paul Malls, all right? I remember... I remember one time I got this was in high school or in between college. I used to steal my buddy's mom's Virginia Slims. Ooh, <laughs> those skinny bastards would hurt. <laughs> and it's always like when I worked at uh, 
this local car wash here, which was like the biggest convenience store, it was always like the late to middle-aged women that would come in and rip like five packs of those at a time. It's like, lady, you got like 45 wrinkles on your forehead from smoking. You need to stop. <laughs> it's like, I want the no filters. <laughs> Some of the funniest stories from the old days that people talk about, you know, back in the day, everybody, all the folks chewed tobacco. And so they'd be spitting off, you know, spitting off the, the side or something like that. And we'd talk, they'd be leaning up on somebody's boat and come up, and it's like tobacco spit streaming from the, the gunnels and stuff. <laughs> you don't hear that anymore. Everybody's smoke, smoking cigarettes. Oh, man. Craziness. But we have gone off. Uh, we have. All right. All right. Group C, because we've been rattling off our picks here for Pickwick for the last like 30 minutes. And it just seems like endless rabbit holes, which I am okay with because I am in charge tonight. So, Group C, who do you have, Jabberhammer? Man, I am rolling with Shane LaHoo mm-hmm. from Catawba, North Carolina. You're going hometown. Everybody from NC. Not well. He's the only NC you got. I told you you have to have one. There's too many good angles. I thought you. I thought you went Lester too, but I might have messed that up. Wasn't huh? Lester from North Carolina at one point? No, that was see. last tournament. We yeah. this is this is two Not weeks bad. in the future. We talking about right now. You in the past. Don't worry about me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, John. Who yeah. do you got? May as well call me the Big Bad Wolf because Uh-oh. I'm gonna hoof. I'm going to puff. I'm going to blow this Pickwick house down. Mike Huff. Mike Huff had a house. Uh, his family's had a house on Pickwick for years. His buddy is John Hunter from FLW, who had a good uh, tournament down there, probably stayed down there. He's just got the local knowledge, man. And Huff needs a good tournament. He's kind of due. So uh, I think Huff Huff's going to do well. So I hope he does. That's a good. He's pick. also a proud purchaser of Drunkwood International. So. <laughs> Love it. So, um, for Bailey, he is going Jacob Fouts, which we know who lives on Chickamauga. So he knows Tennessee River. He knows how the fish live and swim and breathe on the Tennessee River lakes. And uh, Aaron Deacon is going Josh Straightner. 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 I can't say that one for whatever reason. Thank you for. Helping me there, um, which is an Alabama guy. He's probably going to catch him pretty well. Just had a really good tournament on Fork. I believe he was a Century Club guy, so he's got that hot hand right now. Um, in Group C, I am going with a guy from the old FLW days who has a ton of experience on Pickwick. And also in his bio, he says it is his favorite lake. So you know he has spent a lot of time there. Going Clint Davis for Group mm. C. And I saw somebody else put it in here. Matt Boyd Fishing has Clint Davis as a Group C pick. Um, Matt Boyd, get a hold of me on Facebook or the Serious Angler Instagram. You're going to get yourself a pair of Hobie Eyewear shades. So we'll get those mailed out to you here in a few days. But hit me up there or Bailey, one of us, or email in the, the description. And we'll get those out to you, man. Uh, speaking of Hobie eyewear, I love my glasses, but when I was going down to fish on Monday, I passed the big Hobie like trailer or whatever that was going down to Chick for an event they have. So yeah. it was kind of cool. I, was, I saw Hobie from a distance, started snapping pictures and sending them to Bailey. And he's like, oh, they must be going to the Chick <laughs> event. 
Yeah, so. because the Hobie kayak event is on Chick next week. Yeah. Yeah. So Bailey, hey. go ahead, Paul. No, no, finish, finish. I say Bailey flies home because he's in North Carolina this weekend for a wedding. He flies home. He gets in, I think, midnight at Sunday, and he leaves for Chick Monday at like 5 a.m. Mm. Like, wow. Hey, Bailey, a little, little side step here. Uh, Bailey has been wrecking their, their Batuta toots in the kayak fishing recently. That dude is dead. You talking about somebody on fire? He might be the hottest. He might be the hottest professional angler out of all professional anglers in America right now. You're forgetting about Drew Gregory, who's won back-to-back Bassmaster Kayak Open events. We ain't talking about Drew. We're talking about Bailey. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) but yes, but yeah, I, I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not even saying. I love Drew. Gregory, he's one of my favorite people, and uh, he he had some awesome show bass thing. I don't know if you follow yeah. social media. The that Crescent show, Kayak, yeah, the that was awesome. yeah, yeah. That show thing was super cool. I mean, yeah. I think Bailey's on steroids. He, he's yeah, on I, I think he's, he he's he is in the top three or winning, like every tournament he's been in the last two months. How, yeah, how much, Andrew? How much longer did you give him living in New York? He's going to be here for at least five more years. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, he'll quit fishing and become an insurance salesman. Then. <laughs> he, he's moving down south somewhere to be a PKA. Hey, I, 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 it, and this is the God honest truth. I don't think he's ever leaving New York as much as he yeah. wants to. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love, well, I love fishing in New York, but uh, that's about all I love about it. Yeah, I'm not ripping on New York. I'm just like the traveling and the proximity. I mean, it's that's why. I mean, I live in Kentucky, but it's still a ways to get to a lot of places in Tennessee. So, this is an awesome comment. (laughs) Bailey can foot pedal faster than any torpedo. I mean, I'm, we're talking dude has tree trunks as legs. They got legs this big around. <laughs> hey, with Group C, with Group C, I'm throwing out if, if there's a wild card, a dark horse for the whole tournament. Yeah. They come out of Group C for me, and that's Maddie Wong. I think Maddie Wong is a dark horse for this tournament. I, the, he, he He's had a good year. He's putting stuff together. He's learning. That's my dark horse for the whole tournament. Comes the, crazy out of thing, Wong. the crazy thing with Maddie Wong, too, is he's only been bass fishing for like four or five years. From Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Like, just wild. Uh, I enjoy him. I think he has a, a big Zaldane approach. Like, he's going to do what he knows and, and throw it. And that's why his tournaments have been either super high or, or kind of super low. Or he has a really, really good day, and then he struggles the next, <laughs> and then cracks him again. Yeah. I mean, he's, in my opinion, he's what we need and what people want to see, um, definitely in bass fishing. He's a great change and adds a great different atmosphere to it. So I hope he does well. And, you know, I don't see him winning rookie of the year, but I, I see him being more consistent and, uh, you know, kind of finding his place. Who's Speaking leading that right now? Do we know? Is it still uh, Jay? Uh, I've looked. I tell you what. Let's let, while you guys talk. Let me look real quick. I'm, um, I'm 
and, and I'll figure it out. I'm pretty sure Jay Shakira still the, mm. the rookie of the year race has been rather quiet. I feel like like you get a couple of them that'll make like a top ten appearance for a day, and then they kind of slide back down here. Yeah, so we got uh, Shakira's got three twenty. Webster's close with two ninety eight, and then uh, Jacob Joseph. Some sorry, I, Joseph Webster's two ninety eight. Jacob Jots, 273, Matty Wong, 261, and then it kind of keeps going down. And oof, right, yeah, it, it points just keep going down. So, yeah, we won't dive into that. Dark nope. horse for the event could be Joseph Webster. Mm. I think he's in group B. Like, he fishes a lot on that lake, if I remember correctly. He could be a sneaky pick. For guys in Group B. Yeah, he's in Group B. He's at 2.5% owned. I always forget about him. Bailey speaks very highly of Mr. Webster. I met him at the Classic. That guy can fish. Home Lake is Pickwick. Favorite Lake is Pickwick. For Joseph Webster? Yep. So he's a good pick for Pickwick at 2.5% owned. Yeah, I don't pay attention. And he doesn't like anything outside of fishing. He doesn't read, and he doesn't watch movies, apparently. Allegedly. Mm. Allegedly. Hmm. I like I like a person who doesn't do nothing but fish. I feel like that's me now. Like, I wake up in the morning. <laughs> Change a poopy diaper. <laughs> no poopy fish. diaper. All right. Side fact. My daughter has been potty trained since she was like 14 months old. All right? Like, she one day randomly was like, I want to go on the potty. And we're like, done. Like, <laughs> I haven't changed a diaper in like a year and a half. Hey, my first, my first one was a girl. My second one was a boy. And all I got to say, if your second one's a boy, good luck. <laughs> he ain't gonna want to do none of that stuff. Why'd you poop in your pants? Nah, it felt like going to the potty. Perfect. Yeah, great. Can't wait. So, <laughs> if Back we have. If we like, that's an entirely different podcast. We can talk about that for hours. But uh, so, no, thank you. I'm yeah. Good. So I'm the group. I've, sh- I've shit myself numerous times. But, no. <laughs> Look, that's the that's a semi serious dangler podcast. Yes, that that is a completely let me let me can, let me ask before we go into this next thing. I, yeah, here's a question. We all have our local pond. Yeah. Okay? When we have our local pond, do we have a local place that? If we're out on the water, they always have to go. So, for example, we have an area that we call Poopy Point. So it's a point we have that if we have to go, we always pull up to Poopy Point because we know it's a low grassland area. There's not any rocks, and we do our business. So I'm actually going to go make a sign next time I fish there, hammer it down for Poopy Point. Yeah. So do your do biodegradable (laughs) honey wipes in, in that area. I scoot like a dog on the grass. I'm good. Okay, good for you. Yeah, pine needles folded over. Whew. I'll tell you what, man. All right. Nothing <laughs> as refreshing as that. Okay, well, hey, let's yeah. get on the group D here. All right? I was going to say, man, let's, let's digress. Talk about D. Let's digress and we'll talk about the D. All right, so who do you got, John? Uh, usually I have Jabber's wife when we're talking about the D, but, uh, you know, the, the number <laughs> – the number one pick was Steve Kennedy with 25%, which Kennedy's also always a huge pick, but I didn't go with him. 
huge uh, swings I went, with Steve Kennedy. Huge swings. Yeah, huge swings. I went with the guy who's fished a lot, specifically through FLW, and I've seen some comments in here as well. Came off a pretty solid um, uh, Lake Four finish. And uh, God damn it, Josh Douglas. So I hope he does well. How, does he have a lot of experience there with FLW? Because I feel I like know. he was on the FLW tour after they went to Pickwick a ton. Because I feel like Maybe. they are a lot in the early, like, 2010s. But I don't know how long Douglas was on the FLW tour for either. I, I just think of a combination of Opens, FLW. I don't look at their – you know, I don't look at that stuff. I'm just guessing. I, I He was my pick because I think he's going to do well. I hope yeah. he's – you know, I see the Austin Felix pick. He's just been too hit or miss, man. Yeah. He's just He's he, not having a good year. No, he's not having a good year. And a lot of the people, you know, in this group, Brock Mosley's having an okay year, not great. Uh Kev Summerall's doing uh all right. Um but yeah, D was a, a kind of a tough tough choice. What'd you go with? Um personally, group D, I took Cody Huff. He has had a tough start to his Elite Series career. Not great, not terrible, but I think all the hype around Cody and from what I've been hearing is that he was going to start the year slow on bodies of water that he probably had never fished. I think you're going to see a different Cody Huff going forward. That was my pick in Group D, and I think you're going to see him make a run at the Rookie of the Year based on the expectations for him. Now, Bailey took Felix, which I think he's swinging now. Like he's trying to make up ground and it could hurt him now that he has fallen to last place in our group challenge. Um, and then Adam Deacon went with, uh, is it Daisuke Aoki? Daisuke. Daisuke. I can never say their names. That's what Bailey always calls him is Daisuke. And, you know, when it comes to, Enunciations. I follow Bailey. Uh, it's, I only know it from yeah. from baseball. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I really <laughs> also. I would like to see Cody have have a good. I mean, he's got too much talent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he came from you know from college and, and did very well, and has just kind of. He's not meta. He just hasn't found a stride, basically. And um, the first year on the elites, I feel like is the hardest year to really understand it, and that's why they only give him two years. And it's even the second year stuff to learn how to practice in three days and manage fish for four. Like it's not easy to can, figure that out. And can I pose a question? We don't have to talk about it now. We can talk about it after our picks is obviously we're going to be losing some people just like anything. We're going to be losing some people after this year, which are quality. Are those people a going to just jump in the opens and try to requalify? Are they B going to try to go the FLW route, try to get an invitation. C, are they going to try to go the NPFL route because that's a easier route to get in? Or D, they just going to say screw it and, and do what? So that's that. it's kind of interesting because I hear I'm not 100%. There's going to be a new thing with the Opens next year. I hear there's a rumor there's going to be a new change. Amongst- I'd like to talk about that after. because Yeah, let's talk about it after. Yeah, after we're done, after. we'll go back. Mm-hmm. And talk about because that's interesting. Um, who do you got, Paul? Man, I got Hunter Shyrock. I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Hunter because every time I seem to pick him, he bombs. 
But when I don't pick him, he does really good. Well, or if somebody, I don't think about him. One of, one of your active listeners always talks about picking people that bomb. So that's why I'm going with him because I know when you pick him, he doesn't do well. So I'm picking yeah. him today and he's going to do wonderful. Yeah. Jim Johnson is the he, one who. Yeah. He, he has won. He has won a tournament out there on the Tennessee River. And he's 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 been consistent this year. So I'm, did, I'm did, didn't he move down? Did, didn't they move down there? Yeah, yeah. They both. I do believe they both live on Chickamauga, Fletch, and Hunter. And and according to Bassmaster, his wife is Felicia. So bye, Felicia. Might be too many alcoholic beverages being consumed on this tonight. Uh, <laughs> and drunk wood is frozen again, or it's the third time that I have made him speechless with my insight and with uh, my forward thinking and my ESPN. You're, you're you know, I, I wish Hunter Shrack could jump on a dirt bike right now and run over your face. So, <laughs> all right, no hostilities. We have enough. Of I that would tackle world, him right? like, and it would go viral. <laughs> I, I I've seen your I've seen your YouTube video playing days. There was no tackling had. It was oh, just kind of laying there. But I was a scout team all American linebacker as a punter. <laughs> and that's no lie. All right. So all right. Before we digress and get into group E here, we have one more giveaway that is the Humminbird prize pack, which I believe is just a couple things of apparel. So make sure you guys get your questions in or hot takes, maybe even the weights that you think it will take. And either Paul or John will pick the winner of that, whichever sees one that they like first. So it's going to be like, I don't know, hot potato here on the winner for that. But group E, Paul, lead us off. Pink Cherry. Why is Hank Cherry in Group E? That is my question. That's why I chose him because he should have been in one of the other groups. And uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I got a feeling. John, I mean, Hank Cherry's. Well, if you look at the rank, Hank Cherry is right above fifty. He's on fifty-first, and it shows me Atkins in ninety-first, which means Atkins is in dead last. Good God. Um, but I, I don't know why Cherry, I mean, Cherry's kind of, he hasn't had a great of year. He's, uh, he's done all right. He's swung at the fences. He's, I mean, he doesn't have to have a good year. Um, but so when you have those people that are, aren't the, you know, they're not fishing for AOI, I mean, they're fishing to win. I mean, it's the, it's the all or nothing crowd. I like that. That's how I fish. I mean, they're going to catch them or ain't. I yeah, it, I had that mentality. I understand people have put like Welcher's been for some reason in Group E for the. He was in Group E on Fork, I think. He's been in Group E for a while, and Welcher's been in the top fifty. So I don't, I don't understand what Bass is doing there. I mean, there's you know there's a lot of people who are like, for example, oh no, sorry, I take the back. David Fritz is in the last place. See you, David. Um, but you know you have Iconelli too. Um, I personally. Just like I think some other people, I went with Atkins just because he has to. Mm. It's it's do or die. I mean, it's. I hope he does well. I want him to do well. I've heard nothing but great things about the guy, but I'm going with Atkins. Yeah. I I think I think fishing is when you when you're at that point that you have to do it or not. I, I think it messes with how you 
want to fish and how you're comfortable to fish. I, like I, I think it, I think it hurts folks when they get to that point of like I, I have to do it. They can't fish free, right? I mean, you hear it in any sport. Um, I don't know. I don't know. At- I can see it going two ways for Atkins. He's either going to have the tournament of his life or he's going to finish 93rd because that pressure is already on him that he needs to do well to requalify. And not just well, he needs to like be in the top 20 every tournament to end the season and get above like 55th in points. For him to have a shot to requalify, like he has to have a run of all the runs to stay alive. And I don't know if it's possible. So I mean, he could just say, knowing his back back is against the wall, he could just be like, "I'm going fishing. I'm going to do what I know to do. And if I win, I got a classic berth. I might not be in the elites next year, but I know I'm going to the classic." So, my question too of Groupie, and because I'm a big fan. When is Iconelli going to be Iconelli? <laughs> when is he? He's not going to be the early 2000s Ike, but that's not to say next year, you know, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, you see, you see a digression with folks as they age. I mean, he's just, I but think, you know, dude, I don't know. I, I love Ike. He's my favorite angler of all damn time. Transcended the sport, all this stuff. But, you know, there's a different mentality that comes with fishing the way you got to fish right now. True. But here's one thing. He has a ton on his plate. I know. Mm-hmm. He also mm-hmm. stepped in the Opens last year and kicked ass in only three mm-hmm. tournaments. Yeah. So he can fish. But where were those Opens last year? North. They were in his, his backyards. Yeah. So we wonder if when it comes to, you know, this final stretch, is he going to step it up and things like that? But, you know, and, you know, Florida's always been his nemesis. It's just he's off this year. And it, and it happens. He's been off new, like any English. He's had years that are off years. It's just, you know, his, his big year coming back, he probably didn't want to be. But you think about guys like Hackney and Christie, when they came back their first year, they were okay. They weren't fantastic. And then it took him a, took him a, another year to get back into it and then they just started flourishing so you hear folks talk about what it takes to to do how these guys or how do you know how they have to fish i mean he's been out of it for two years um and then before that you know he's in, in mlf so i mean i, I think it's just he, he's getting his he, he's getting his bearings man it's, it's kind of like being a rookie with yeah. with preparing and the mental aspect of it. I mean, you know, there's a lot. We'll see. I mean, well, and you know, one thing too is I think you're going to see a switch from Mike though, from here out. He always does well on Gunnersville. I don't know what his history is on Pickwick, but he always does well on Gunnersville and Pickwick is kind of like a sister lake in a way because of all the grass, right? To Gunnersville because Gunnersville is a grass fishery on TVA more than a ledge fishery. In my opinion, um, I think you're going to see Ike start turning and having some good tournaments. I I hope so. He needs to. I mean, it's and that's the thing too is uh, he was talking about Team Bassback brings it up about doing more kayak tournaments. I don't know if he's done them or if he's pulled out of them um, just to focus more. more. 
Oh, does he? Okay, just to focus more on on bad stuff. You know, in the opens, he hasn't done too bad. He's fished a couple opens. Yeah, he did well. He did well yeah, to James. He just he's he needs a slump buster. I mean, whatever it may but, be. Yeah, I I think you still get to a point um, in your fishing career that that things just start. You're not as sharp. You know, the fatigue sets in the. Uh, the mental fatigue sets in as you get older. And I mean, that's, he's been doing it for 30 years or however long. Since Him and Hackney have basically been doing it together the entire yeah. time. It's, so. it's, it's just, as you get older, you're, you're going to start, I mean, you're going to decline. I mean, but that's not to say I could come out and win a tournament this year. He's that kind of yeah. angler. He's good. He can get dialed in. Um, I don't know. I I do believe he'll be better next year, but is he going to be the Ike from the early two thousands? Hell no! There was there's only going to be one of those Ikes. <laughs> but what, what, uh, one yeah. thing to remember is Ike doesn't need to fish. That's that's it, right. Because the way Becky and them and I work with them, some of my business, the way they have everything set up, I mean, he doesn't need to fish at all. He, he I mean, he's basically the traditional. Uh, God damn it! What's it? He's he's Hank Parker now. He does he could he did well could do TV shows and things like that and be fine. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to fish, but he's so goddamn competitive. He has to. Has fish. to. Yep. That's right. And that's yeah. yeah. But he's uh, he'll come back. Blueprint. Yeah, that's a good blueprint for younger anglers to look at how to start building that that network in fishing not just related to fishing. He's, he's been one of the people that have, um, he's basically like a trailblazer or a trailblazer. And one thing you have to remember is this podcast wouldn't exist without Mike Iaconelli because they started Iaconelli. They were one of the first podcasts. I mean, a lot of these other podcasts wouldn't have been there without what those guys did with the groundwork. BTL and Iaconelli are the reason that we have, a bass fishing podcast come up every three hours. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, they've done it. Yeah. His competitive edge is still there. He wants to be competitive. I mean, he's, he's going to compete. He's going to, he's going to reach it. I mean, he's going to be there at some point, but I don't think he's going to be the, you know, the top angler. There's a lot of young, there's a lot of young folks coming up that are going to start to, distance themselves and they're going to create those top that top tier that top three maybe four anglers that 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 kind of start taking over sure and and you get i think of it too and it's not like to go off to like someone like wheeler who's who's fantastic that's all he does i mean he's got kids Mm -hmm. and different things like that but all he does is oh we have a a spam post yes Yes. casino (laughs) i mean it's Bailey would have only got one post, and he's still – oh, there we go. <laughs> I mean, job, it's, it's, he can only spend so much time. But, you know, the thing is he's in it for the love of it. So, good on him. Um, yep. Weight-wise, weight what did you guys – what did you guys put weight, total well, weight? We didn't get – did I say Bailey or Deacon's picks or even my – Oh, we forgot. They're off the show forever. We forgot yeah. about them. Yeah, so Bailey went with Atkins, that Hummingbird, Abu Garcia connection. Oh, yeah, you did talk about Bailey. Because somebody said Bailey, somebody posted earlier, Bailey screwed or something. <laughs> oh, nice. And then Deacon went with Kyle Welcher. And then my group D pick, because it's 
Tennessee River. There's going to be grass. I decided to go with Brian Schmidt in Group D, I Group E, and I. He could be a guy who might not win, but he's going to be a top twenty-five grass pick. Why are you shaking your head, John? I love Schmitty, but he's a pick that's either bomber bust, bomber bust, man. I mean, and that's how he is. I mean, he's such a good. He's won so many tournaments, but also been less, so, less so bad in some because he doesn't. I mean, he has a business on the side too. He does so well. I mean, he's just kind of. Yeah, it's but tough. When you get into the last couple groups, I mean, that's what you're picking. You're picking the guys that you think are going to have that tournament. They're the they're the ones that that are boom and bust. I mean, that's that's what you're doing. That's kind of like your late round flyer. When it, you know you think about draft picks, yeah, yeah, great choice. So yeah, wait, what do you guys think? I got seventy nine nine. Hmm. I had 76-13. Let me pull up Bailey's and Deacon's. Hold on one second. Bailey's was 69-0-0. Team Bass Pack, I don't think there's going to be a bass weight over eight pounds. Seven. I think there'll be something weight over seven. That's it. No way. Bailey's going high. Bailey's got high hopes, 94-14. <laughs> Bailey, no Bailey, thinks, Bailey thinks it's a five-day tournament. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Bailey's not within 10 pounds. Deacon's got 76-9, and I have 81-7, which is a really odd weight, but that is what I'm going with. Like, Because right. I think the guy who wins – is going to probably crack them the first two days offshore, get like a shad spawn bite, and then have like a sneak hole offshore where they can pick off a big one or two and come in with like a 23, 24-pound bag at least one of the days and then like a 22-pound bag. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Jabber, what, did, what are the top three baits that you think you're going to play? Crankbait, Carolina rig, and spook. Right. What are your top three, then, Mister? Well, I was going to I was going to say deep, deep crank. Um, I was actually going to go with the drop shot, and yeah, it's it's very hard to go against the spook, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Book is such a fun bite. It's now, that time of year. It's that time of year. Another another month or so down here, but that's it. I mean, swim bait too. You you could. I see the swim bait thing, thing too. Is you could do, especially if they're after small bout. So there's a little Kytex on jig heads. A little two point eight. Oh, they're gonna be throwing like four point eights. Yeah, oh, really. Yeah, because yeah, they got small big gizzard shed. TVA smallmouth and Pickwick are like an entirely different breed of fish. They're long, slender, and they have. Big because they gizzard shed their shad eaters. They are mean, mean fish. So um, I'm thinking you will see a crankbait play, um, but up shallow there's going to be somebody that catches them up in the tail race on a spinnerbait and all that current at least the first two days. So like um, something moving. So spinnerbait chatterbait, and I think you will see 
some type of top water play as well if there is a shad spawn still going. And that's where that sort of chatterbait idea comes in as well. And speaking of top bait, are are folks in the elite series are they throwing poppers? You don't hear a lot of a lot of folks mm-hmm. winning yeah. catching poppers. I mean, it's not it's not something you hear a lot of. And and there could be a reason for that, right? <laughs> Those folks will you never hear about this. Well, probably because they don't want to say it. But you know, we hear the spook all the time, the walking bait. But are, are people throwing a little poppers? You hear frogs and spooks. Oh, yeah, Justin Blaylock almost won Hartwell on a popper a couple of years ago, and then a week later won Winya Bay catching most of his fish on a popper. If I remember, if, especially if there's a bluegill spawn. I yeah. mean, it's I throw a popper. I love throwing poppers, and I throw the old. I throw rebel an old super popper. Rebel with like the, half the paints off of it. I won't throw yeah. anything else. But is the blue? Are the the blue? You said the water temps are like in the high seventies. The bluegill aren't spawning yet, there are they? Oh yeah, there's spawning. Yeah. There's bluegill oh. spawning in New York and our waters in the sixties. Oh, yeah. y'all, y'all don't y'all don't count for down. Y'all don't count. Y'all's fish be spawning like eight months out of the year. That's the only time they got a chance to. It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I see Ron Guyton say spinnerbait. Spinnerbaits could, but they uh, only in the morning on chat spawn. I mean, you can only mm. throw them for a little bit, or in the tail not. race. They could current and spinnerbaits always play. Go back to the Jordan River, Alabama River fest that they caught a bunch of big spots on. That tournament was dominated with a spinnerbait. Uh, Team South Florida Fishing brings up a good point. Beetle I spin? would love I would love to see a tournament where only people can fish either a beetle spin or a uh, banjo minnow. No, 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 rooster <laughs> You, like all a, you can do is fish a rooster tail. So, like, a mess. I've done it. Hey, I'm not going to lie. I've taken an Alabama rig and put two or three rooster tails on the top and then the the base on the bottom. It didn't work too well, but I tried it. <laughs> so the inline spinner, it's, gonna, it's like the Carolina rig. Carolina rig starting to make a little comeback. That inline spinner is going to make a comeback in the next two to ten years for sure. <laughs> Let's call it five to 50. (laughs) The big ones. We're talking about folks chunking three quarter inch, big old blades on them. They, they're, I mean, I hate Carolina. I've had so many times where I thought I had a bite and I set the hook and it's someone's leader from a Carolina rig. (laughs) They just lost. And I pull it up and the weight looks like a goddamn Easter egg. And you're like, what is this? Well, hold up. Uh, Look, cranking my lakes here. I run into that shit. So, you know, when you when you get that crankbait bite, there's you feel something and so you you pull and that fishing line when it's on that treble hook, it gives a little tug back, a little give, and you're like, oh shit, you know. And he yeah. gives like fuck it. And it's like 35 pound big game <laughs> on the end of it with a three ounce triangle weight and a one all little rinky dink hook. I mean, what the hell are they fishing for? Car so- I told this story. This is digress. I told I told the story to Bailey. So I was fishing Monday, and I ran into where shad were, or spots and smallmouth were pushing up gizzard shad, and they were just hitting everywhere. So I basically had a topwater swim bait and a jerk bait, and I just kept rotating. Well, I I set my jerk bait rod down and just started tossing a mag draft, 
And I just reach back and start to cast. And next thing I know, I see my rod just go right down in the water because I had I had my jerk bait still sitting in the water. Some little asshole spot grabs it and just takes it down. So I backlash the hell out of my reel and just slam it in the water. End up, I thought I thought I lost it. So like in my head, I'm calculating. All right, that reel that was a a curado that cost you know two fifty. <laughs> that rod was how much. And so I ended up reeling the spinnerbait. I got lucky enough that I ended up catching a teeny tiny piece of bit of that line. And I see the butt of the rod just start rising up <laughs> and I grab it. And that little asshole one and a half pound spot was just sitting there with the, with the stunner in his mouth, just loving line. <laughs> hey, speaking Shaking. of that, speaking of that though, nobody in the comments that I saw Set a jerk bait. Is a jerk bait gonna have any play in this tournament? Is it? So I fished on a tournament on Tuesday. I fished on Tuesday. Now, granted, it was in Green River Lake in Kentucky, and I caught all of my fish on a jerk bait. Yeah, I had close to fourteen pounds, but I didn't win it. But they were all in jerk bait because they were all after the shad spawn. So, mm. do I think? No, a, a jerk bait will play a little bit, but it won't be a, a big bait. I mean, you you can catch them on a shad spawn if they're chasing shad. Basically, every time I'd see a fish bust, I'd swing that jerk bait out there, caught one every time, and that was the only time you'd catch them is when you'd see one bust chasing shad. So nobody's going to be out there on their forward facing with a jerk bait wearing them out. Somebody will try it, but I don't, think, try it. I don't think – I think somebody will have them in – their arsenal, so like a guy to watch might be like a Justin Hamner. He's a huge jerkbait guy, especially on the TVA. But it it's that time of year, like the only person you would ever expect really to throw jerkbait this time of year is going to be Hank Cherry or Kevin Van Dam. And Kevin Van Dam ain't in the tournament. <laughs> so uh, uh, Ron Gaten did say Cherry, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's – I mean, he could. I mean, it's. I think people will catch fish on him in a, a spawn, but you know, uh, I don't know how Patty. You know, Patty Walters catching him right now on Watts Bar. So catch him on a spinning rod. I was watching was say, yeah, he's mm. throwing a spinning rod in brush piles in like twenty foot of water. Mm. Fish him on a shaky head. I think so. Yeah, so that and that's kind of similar to here. Most of our bass are in post spawn. They moved off those offshore brush piles, so that's how you're going to catch your fish. So the ones that aren't chasing the shad spawn. So maybe. So do you either of you have a comment that you like for the hummingbird giveaway? I really Ooh. like the beetle spin. I mean, that's kind of out of left field and somebody that probably doesn't know how to throw a bait caster. And, uh, you know, they probably catch just as many fish as I do. So, scoreable bass. Well, he already won a prize tonight. So, oh, well, yeah, South he doesn't North count. Does not yeah. count. Yeah, he doesn't count then. Um, well, the, um, Casino came back again? Yeah, I got him that time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let me. I tell you what. Give me a second. Give me one second. I'll think of something for this thing. Talk amongst yourselves, and I'll think of a question real quick. So, so did Jim Johnson win anything tonight? He has not. He said he said Bailey smoking crack out of a Pepsi can. Oh gosh. 
<laughs> and I think that was in in his. Hold up, Shadow Swordfish. Sorry, before we get to your thought, wants to know what the biggest smallmouth of the event will be. Mm-hmm. Four and a half. Yeah, I, I was gonna say five, close to five, because there's always that one random smallmouth. And no matter what tournament body of water you fish that has smallmouth, that somebody weighs in and it's a giant. Oh, All right. Uh, what's what's the giveaway? It's Did just a hummingbird prize pack. All right. For the hummingbird prize pack, it's Memorial Day weekend. Let's say you're out fishing on a lake and some hill jacks driving by in a uh, cigar boat and a boat and is blaring a song. Oh, I see this is going. What is the worst song they could be blaring on a lake? <laughs> and I'm going to pick the winner. <laughs> oh, I got a question. What is the worst song, but song that will be stuck in your head for one week that they're blaring while running down the No, I, I hate everyone on the lake. Fergie, Fergie London Bridge is, is my comment. No, I, I already Lundy, know. Lundy, Lundy Bridge, y'all. Lundy, Lundy, Lundy. Gonna make that no. bridge drop, whatever all that means. I already, I already have kind of a genre in uh, in my mind, and once I see Ooh. it, they're gonna win Ooh. it. Not Candy, Candy, Candy Biggie, Heart. I love it. Ooh. Candy Man by Christina Aguilera. Do you know I got I, I danced on Christina Aguilera's stage. <laughs> Jim Johnson, I'm a Barbie girl. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Schmidt with the WAP by Cardi B. Uh, Shatter Swordfish wins because he was the that was the exact band I was looking for. Any Florida Georgia line is enough to make a man hurl crank bend his head. Shatter Swordfish wins. That is the Perfect. exact band I I made. Shadow short, Swordfish, I can't even talk. Shadow Swordfish. <laughs> Say that eight times real fast. Yeah, Shadow go ahead, Casino's back. Casino's back. Andy, you suck at this. They just want to play roulette, I guess. But, 300, uh, dude, I, this, this is where I was thinking uh, you were going, John, like a little Miley Cyrus party in the USA. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, very, that's probably the most likely song to be played. <laughs> That is the that most likely that, song. That or that stupid ass Kid Rock uh, song. <laughs> the, I put the worst, your picture the, away. Yeah, the worst <laughs> pretend redneck ever. Love it, love it. So, but, do we yeah. run out of time, or are we going to talk about the qualifying again? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We we can hit on that real fast, but real fast. Uh, Shadow, reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, on the Serious Angler page or email, and um, we will get that out to you. Um, we'll need your address and stuff. And all the winners tonight that won, uh, let's go back here because I forgot to write them down. <laughs> I just admitted that. I know it was Matt Boyd won the Hobie Eyewear. Uh, Shadow won the Hummingbird. Do you remember who you guys picked? You asking the wrong one. Ron Gayton won something, right? Oh, Team South Florida won Queen. Yeah, Team South Florida won Queen because Team Bass Pack 
actually sent it first and then gave it up like a true gentleman. So, Paul, who, Paul, who did you pick? Oh, my gosh. I, for Omnia? I cannot remember. Um, you picked a uh, Beatlespin person, right? No, no, no. no. You picked... Um, I'm okay. trying to go back and look because I, I can't remember. I didn't know I was supposed to be writing it down. I mean, I'm no, just that's my fault. I'm not Maybe used to be the guy. You, on... th- you think your dumbass glasses would show it? But... Oh, wasn't it? It was D. Rouse. They, they, they aren't uh, artificial intelligence drunk wood. I got it. D. Rouse won it because of the Polonic comment. Oh, I... comment. Yep. Sounds I got good. It. Sounds Thank good. you, everybody. Yes. So reach out to me here before we uh, talk about the last. Oh yeah, here. D. Rouse. It was Zaldane. It was the Zaldane was going to catch four fish for eighteen, and what's his name? So seventeen. Alone was going to have five for eighteen. Yeah. So John. So everybody is um, still paying attention here. What was the topic you brought up that you wanted to talk about? Okay, so what I was referencing earlier was we're getting at the time in this season where, um, especially looking at Group E, you see their rankings of where they are like on uh, numbers-wise. Now, granted, I don't know the algorithm that they use, but you can see some people, you know, definitely take out the rookies. Like, for example, you can take out Alex Redwine because he gets guaranteed two years. But you can see some of the people that are that have been here for a couple of years, like Justin Atkins at 91 rank, Fritz at 93. They need to do away with the Legends exemption, in my opinion. Um, you see Paul Mueller at 87. You see Big Frank Talley at 90. These people that if they can't step it up um, and make it to the cut, because I'm going to assume they're probably going to cut – um, unless they change things, probably going to cut another 10 to 11 guys because they're going to bring 10 to 11 back in. Um, so the I, my understanding of the way it works, I sorry for cutting you off here, John, is the no, guys who have two years have two years of eligibility, but if they have three, they get three. And then if they have five years, then they get to drop two and go on a three-year average. I believe yeah. is the way it works. So um, like Paul Mueller here, is probably safe because he's had some really good years. Yeah, he has. Uh, real question to answer Team Bass Pack. He says, Drunkwood, I have a question. Why do you not think you won't see eight pound big bass? Because the bass are in post-spawn. They lost a ton of weight. They haven't started feeding up already. I don't see it. I hope we do. I don't see it happening. Um so, yeah, I don't know how the algorithm works, but, like, do you go back to the moratorium of the Bass Opens? Do you go to FLW? Do you just do whatever? I mean, that, that's that's a question that's going to that's gonna happen. You know, we saw last year with we lost – they definitely lost some people. One of, the pe- one of the people that stayed on was Chris Grove moved to FLW, so he moved over there. But what happened to the rest of them? Like, who were some of the other people that left, and what are they doing uh, now? Pawcat, Destin, and Marion, just the two that come to head, they are fishing the opens. Yeah. Are they fishing all of them or just certain? Uh, I believe Pawcat is fishing all nine, and I know Destin was doing south and north. Sure. And, and they also guide as well, so they also yep. have back, you know, they have incomes coming in. So mm-hmm. there are some people um, 
whereas you have other people too, you know, I think Gary, Gary Klaus is one of them that's kind of on the cut line and just kind of like, yeah, he, he's fine. He'll be all right. <laughs> He'll be all right. He's just fishing to have, he's just fishing to have something to do outside building boats. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, even uh, if you heard Gleason, Gleason, who was on Bass Talk Live, I mean, he was adamant. He's like, I pretty, you know, he had a decent tournament, but he kind of knew what the cards were dealing for him. You know, if yeah, yeah, it, it, it's fishing up and yeah, Quentin Capo, yeah, he went to NPFL. Um, so I think you're gonna see, and the whole NPFL, FLW, um, I can't think of the other one, the elites, and then the BPT, BPT, yeah. I kept wanting to say BTL, BPT, Toyota, like. Is there enough sponsorship room to have three or four major tours going on at the same time? MBFL, Toyota, Bass, and the BPT. Something has to give somewhere. Uh, yes and no, because you think about it, too, is the sponsorship, they've realized that people that do social media and YouTube are just as influential. So why should we give you all this money if you're just sucking ass in tournaments when we can give money to a guy that's getting a ton of views? Oh, I'm not talking about the anglers. I'm talking about the tour itself. Mm. Are they viable? And is there enough sponsorship and marketing and advertising money to go around in these endemic and non-endemic sponsors to keep these three or four major tours sustainable for the next two, three, five years. You know, what you, what you, what, what you need to go back and look at is basketball and the NFL back in the seventies and eighties when they had two different leagues, what ultimately ended up happening? They merged, they merged. And now we have one big one. And now fishing has had two big ones since what, like the mid mid late nineties. There's always been bass and the FLW, you know. Which and then you had the PAA up. that tried to grow right. up. That's what I'm saying. Is so um, you know basketball and the NFL, which are two of the three biggest in America, they ended up merging, and I don't know why, but you would expect that it was probably a joint collaboration of the amount of money that was out there at the time. But during that time of that professional sport for both of them was kind of in the infancy stage, right? It's where we are with bass fishing right now. It's the wild, wild west. There's a lot of stuff going on and uh, they consolidated because the, and then this is the other side of it too, is the owners of those leagues and those teams saw that it was better to consolidate and have a central unit. That's I, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like that's what's going to happen with bass fishing anytime soon. Is there enough for two? Yes. We've seen that over the last 20 plus years. Uh, three, probably not. I mean, you know, we have four, it, it, technically. Right now, we it, have four. In the words of the late, great Will Smith, wiki, wiki, wow, wow. <laughs> um, one thing you have to think about, and I'm close to NPFL, um, they're choosing people that sponsor them that other sponsors aren't working with. They're like Progressive Insurance, 
um, some no tobacco, like some dipping. Yeah. Here's how I view it. Go back. Go back to when Crown Royal. Go back to when Walmart. Go back to when Kellogg, which were huge sponsors, which were testing the market, were paying for things. All those people are gone mm-hmm. because they realized that there wasn't a solid investment. They weren't getting an ROI on it. So now what these places are doing or they're finding new places to try, try because obviously things have changed, environments changed, internet, social things have changed. You know, people like Bass Pro are pulling, Bass Pro is even pulling certain sponsorships because they're trying to do their own tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not sponsoring as much. And, and, you know, other big lure manufacturers aren't sponsoring. So it's finding those new uh, non-endemics that's going to how how you grow as a tournament organization also how you grow as a business because getting those people involved you know if you focus on the people that are involved in nascar and try to get some of those sponsorships then you can try to get some of the same people that watch nascar to watch fishing as well if you have your stuff on tv depending wise so i think there's always non-endemics that you can hit into it's just getting into those and, and building into those brands to make those brands successful for the business um because there's, the, there's only one pie, and there's yeah. only so many slices, and there's always only going to be one pie, but it's whose pie you're eating from. One of the biggest things with fishing that differentiates itself from, from and what people try to you know, correlate it to NASCAR and golf in the, in the 90s and early 2000s is you have a bunch of people sponsoring and a bunch of these big companies sponsoring regional tournaments local tournaments, local guys, regional guys, whereas basketball, baseball, football, there's there's not a local club tournament that's getting a sponsorship sponsorship from Bass Pro. But there are, are gonna be, you know, there's there's a, a there's a smaller pot of money for fishing, but it's getting divvied up into a lot of different organizations and people. Whereas the the NASCAR and these other, there's not that many small, there's not many minor leagues. There's not these individual or regional or local people that are getting these money. And so what you're saying, John, is there's this big pie, but there's a lot of slices coming out in fishing that don't come out from these other sports. You don't have mm-hmm. all these, these different entities, uh, albeit a, a person or a small local club or whatever, getting this money. We, we see it in kayak fishing right now, you know. I mean, we've got sponsors for people sponsoring local kayak tournaments that that are academy sports. You know, I mean, you, it's just I think that there's so much going on in fishing and that there's so much money going out there that they're not sure exactly what, but it, it, it kind of goes back to the, the social media influencers too. I mean, that's a whole other huge chunk of that pie that's getting taken out from – from the side of, of of the professional anglers and the tournament side, right? Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, specifically, I, I don't kayak fish. I, I follow it because Bailey and them, and you know, obviously, when I follow kayak fishing, I see the amount of money they. Oh, casino top ten is back. Yeah, uh, I see. I see the no. amount of money they can win, and like for example. I know there's probably some drama in the kayak scene, but those guys are doing it right. And yeah. there's, you know, it's in how they're doing it and how it's, you know, it's, you think it's like, what do they show the top 15 that make 
that win money, they each get checks and certain things like yep. that. I mean, Happy Gilmore checks. Happy Gilmore checks. <laughs> so, and and uh, look, if you ever watch a podcast with anybody that's won a check on a it's in the background. Oh, yeah, it's there. It's in the background. Like they, they computers up against the wall back there and they're 35 feet away to show all the checks. That's probably why I don't watch your podcast. Well, uh, I don't, I'm not but, a cat podcast. <laughs> I had you on. You realize Paul has no checks behind him. Uh, uh, the only he thing did, I have won is he's got a fridge and disappointment. <laughs> yeah. But the kite world is a growing world. It's a small niche within the bigger niche. Um, but it's yeah, all yeah. bass fishing. Yeah, fishing is fishing. Doesn't matter where you do it, except for in the bank. You're at a disadvantage there. Sorry. Yeah. Depending on where you are. I mean, I, I'm honestly, I'm going to be surprised. Uh, I'll be amazed what happens. The thing is, like, I fish a lot of local tournaments here, and, and they're like, how do you increase participation? I was like, you can't. There's so many different tournaments going on. <laughs> I mean, there's so many tournaments and different things. Like, I'm not going to spend, I can't spend 90 bucks, like, three days a week on these tournaments because the return on investment is just minimal. It, it, you don't make it, any yeah. money. No, it's just like hey, here's here's a hundred dollars. Go burn it away. And before well, let, let's factor it in, right? Like real fast. If a tournament entry fee is ninety dollars, the lake is an hour and a half from your house. You're paying five dollars a gallon in gas to get to the lake and back in just your truck. Probably five fifty to six dollars for recreational gas. Now that the government is telling everybody that it's going to fifteen percent ethanol in unleaded gas. So now you have to use Rec 90, so it's about $6 a gallon. If that tournament is 100 miles from your house in a truck, you're probably burning 250 miles worth of gas to get there and back. So what? $80 in gas in your truck, $80 in gas in your boat for your tournament, $90 entry fee, you're at $260 to fish a tournament that you're going to win $310 if you win. Yeah, I, I did that in one week. I fished two of the same club's tournaments. I, it's $90, $85 per entry fee, so that's what, 170 And then gas probably cost me for my truck and my can and my boat. And then camping was like 250 I mean, there's probably close to 500 bucks in a week, and you're not going to win that. I mean, I think I did a top five and – top six and you're not going to win money in that so no. and, and that's a part of it that's it, it's it's your you don't do this local stuff to try to pay the bills so well and, and not to get off into a kayak fishing thing but here's the difference in kayak fishing in a local tournament last local tournament we had 50 51 angers the guy who won first won like 900 almost a thousand dollars and your entry fee is 50 bucks right uh, this one was thirty five plus five dollars for big bass. So big bass ended up big bass ended up coming out with like two hundred fifty dollars, give or take. So fifty anglers paid a top five. You know the the last place guy. I don't I don't know. I should know this, but I mean he probably won. He won over two hundred dollars. So you know you see this in the kayak world, and 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 that's why you see a lot of people local one cost entries way less. So you can get you can go buy a Walmart kayak, and if you learn how to fish out of it and be competitive, I mean you're paying that kayak off (laughs) 
10 times over in one tournament if you win it. So we're talking about a local club tournament where I, ha- I am here with $35 entry that averages, we probably average close to 50 a tournament, and the payouts are just under $1,000. Mm. So it sounds like we should be switching to kayak fishing, John. <laughs> but but also on the national trails, though, these people that are fishing, they they're they're winning ten thousand dollars in a Hobie event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for somebody like Bailey, he 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 still made money driving down. Uh, what the hell did he win? You follow? Yeah, it was like ten thousand, ten thousand five hundred, yeah. I think, or something yeah, like that. Ten thousand. So he drove. I mean, him driving down camping and driving back he won ten thousand dollars i mean he probably spent two thousand dollars total didn't you take taxes out of that ten thousand well i mean you gotta take taxes but you gotta take taxes out of all of it though you gotta take taxes out 300 you won at damn boat tournament if you won more than 600 so that that we that's yeah we don't talk about that but just in general um unless it's cash at the ramp then you know that's how you do it (laughs) But, uh, but I mean, that's 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 a big thing about the kayak thing now is cost of entry is a lot less, and then you can fish these local tournaments. I mean, you can win some, you win good money. Um, but to to go back to our the original question I had mm-hmm. is, <laughs> you know, sorry because I don't like to talk about kayak stuff. Um, yeah, I I don't do that. But going back to your stuff because that that was the whole point of it because that's interesting. Where, where, where do these, these guys, guys go? What are these guys going to do? Are they going to go back? Like for example, I'll I'll bring Destin in. So Destin does uh, guiding and other things like that. Is he just going to keep? You know, do you just keep guiding? Do you know? totally get out of the profession or still do it on the side. You know, it, it's a lot of these things. As someone who's switched careers, it's just kind of a, a thing you sometimes have to do, unfortunately, because, you know, everyone and their brother that, that is in college is doing college bass fishing. think they're going to go to the pros and they're, they're not going to, because you have someone like Cody Huff, who is amazing in college bass fishing in bass. It's not doing too well right now. So, but, but that goes how by- many, how many guys have truly been able to requalify twice? Ike, Carl Jockamson, Jason Christie, Hackney. Greg Hackney. Uh, back in the day, there were pros that used to do it all the time because they wouldn't take the entry. But that was before yeah. there was so many people trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there were a lot of guys that qualified years ago and kept qualifying and just – Financially, it didn't work for them, but that was this. Well, let's talk about somebody who had a decent Elite Series career, Bradley Hallman. He's been trying to requalify for, what, five, six years now? since He he was out of the Elites. He went to the FLW Tour and then decided that to strictly fish the Opens, and he can't get back in. Well, here's one thing about Brad, though. Brad has a decent, successful YouTube business. His Wife is a very, 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 very successful lawyer in the state of Oklahoma. So technically, he's just living life. <laughs> he's living life. I would love to see him back in, but also he's dabbling in the NPFL, like um, commentating side, commentating, and he's doing. I personally, I thought he did great. Yeah, he's great. He, he, I like him better than James Watson. But, uh, 
you know, he's got a YouTube channel. He's got a personality. He's very good. He does with Big Bite. He does bait manufacturing. He technically doesn't need to make it. I mean, but he's doing well without doing it. So, I mean, he's still, it's kind of like Andrew Upshaw. Yeah. Andrew Upshaw's having a shit year and he's admitted to having a shit year, but he's done well enough and has a good enough, you know, background that he doesn't have to do it. It would be beneficial if he did. One so quick question this. before we get off here, and I'll let you answer your ask yours here, Paul. But we have a really good question from Team Bass Pack. He goes, Here's a question. If the NCAA are now letting the kids get sponsors to get paid, will we see this with college anglers with sponsors and getting paid to fish? No, no. because none of the college anglers really get any sponsorships to even go to school. Well, All right. One, first, can I answer this? Ahead. Yeah, go ahead, John. One, uh, I worked for university, and my best friend is a athletic director of our current university at U of L. Uh, college fishing is not an athletic sport. Um, club sport. It's, a, it's club sport. Club sport. Could they? There's could they no get? NIL. Could could they get an NIL? Possibly, but it would be non NCAA, and there would be really no beneficial reason. I mean, they could try to get an NIL, I guess, but it would just be a club sport. It would just be some type of sponsorship. So there there will never be college anglers paid to fish unless it's a collegiate sport. So so here's the thing with and I hear this so much now with the NIL and college fishing. Like John said, college fishing is a club sport. If they got a million dollars, if that club or a person in that club got a million dollars, for the NCAA it doesn't matter. Because it's not regulated, but it's a club sport, just like club uh, rugby, soccer, football, whatever club sport is. There is no NIL for bass fishing. It it doesn't exist. It's not sanctioned by the NCAA. So that's you know that that's just it's they can get all the money they want. Matter of fact, the university would hope they would get the money <laughs> because they have to go in and ask for money from the club sports association uh, for funding to be a club sport. So there is no NIL for that. The, the other, the last thing I was going to say is, is if you look at professional sports, <laughs> NFL, what happened? Uh, so I know who the next guest on Ike live is. Mm. It's called uh, the next Ike live is on uh, May 28th. It's Chichen Wong's next Ike, Ike live. So it's Cheech and it's Ike and Maddie Wall. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, the last point I was going to make is uh, the NFL. And so I, I played college football. I know folks that played in the NFL. NFL stands for not for long. Average player is three years. You look at Tom Brady, it's been it for 20. Average is three years. So you think about all these these guys coming out of college and young that's fished two years in bass, and then they you know all right you didn't make it you're out. Vanished. That's that's if you relate it. Now I know I'm I'm relating it to NFL because I know that that is that's the life of a professional athlete. It is no longer you you having fun and playing. It is a job. And the people above you are there to make money and win. And the only reason, the only way to make money is to win. And, and, and you know, that's just unfortunate side of bass fishing is they have to bring in 
they have to bring in the, the new people. And so there are going to be folks that fish two years and they're out. There's going to be folks that fish five years and they're out. But that is how all the professional sports operate because it's, it's not about fishing anymore. It's about generating money. And if you're not, you're not growing, you're not bringing viewers in, you're not bringing money in to them, then you're out. I mean, that's, that's the game. To end on that phrase, my wife used to say, if you're not growing, you're not showing. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs> no, but uh, thank you guys for uh, joining me tonight. It would have been a lonely fantasy fishing episode <laughs> all by myself. It would have been 12 cue, minutes long instead of two hours and 12 minutes. Cue the all by myself music here as we're all leaving. By exactly. <laughs> so, no, yeah, thank you guys. London Bridge. <laughs> to add mute buttons. <laughs> but, uh, no. So thank you guys. Thank you to everyone for having the awesome questions. Um, if you haven't yet, reach out to us on the Serious Angler Instagram or Facebook or email. It's all in the description of the stream, and we will get those prize packs out to you here in the next couple of days. It is a holiday weekend, so be patient with us. But um, for to everybody else and everybody tuning in, thank you, and have a good night. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode, and want to check out our show partners. All of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners, where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.